You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast presented by Drip Drop. Drip Drop ORS was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Used by athletes, firefighters, military members, the garage guys. D- Dale, we got we got to get you some drip drop, man. I know. I know yeah, I could use it to. Re- I could use it to rehydrate my heart and your and, eyeballs, probably, and wash out the pain, replenish yeah, the tears probably. from today. I know. I know that I look a little bit more happier, but I promise, inside I'm dead. Um. So yeah, dripdrop.com. Don't. Don't don't die and replenish your uh, your tears and all the other stuff and nutrients, things you need in your body by using promo code GarageGuys20 at checkout. So do that and get the drip and rip and drip it. All right. I had to be happy for drip drop. Let's get let's get to this. Um, Talladega Yellowwood 500. We I don't I don't want to be like that guy that's like. I don't even know where to begin. You know what I mean? Because I do know where to begin. <laughs> this shit, this was the most insane Talladega race I've ever seen in my life, Dale. Yeah, I think it was the most intense I've ever – maybe that I've ever seen. The most intense uh, since 2014 when Brad Keselowski won in a very dramatic fashion uh, in a race that he had to win to advance. Very cool moment. But um, – I have money on this race, which probably ramped up the intensity level just a bit because my guys were, were in the mix, you know, throughout the end of the race. And I know yours, you, your guys were, and chefs were, and uh, prayers for chef. Yeah. Uh, Chef's having a hard time right now, man. The bad beat he had. Um, you know, like um, I said, we, we both had our bets, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure for the most part, we were on the same guys. Some of the guys I had in my DFS article that I also were basically using for, for my picks today, those guys were pretty much your picks. But, you know, it sucks for us because, yeah, Hamlin won. Neither of us were on Hamlin at all. But uh, when Chef playing DFS in the, in the capacity that he plays, he was able to have a lineup that put him in second place, and he was taking home some big bags. And then uh, at the end of the race – we all know pretty much what happened, and we'll get into it walking through it. But Chase Elliott getting uh, put back to his normal finishing spot gave him about a $5,000 swing. So, yeah. So tough. Could that be worse. unbelievably tough. Yeah, him and Matty D are in the same room right now. I would oh, say. man. That is gut-wrenching right there. We should, we should start. That's where we need to start. Let's just start at the, at the end of the race. Denny Hamlin wins after playing chess – the entire time, sitting in the back, uh, just biding his time, and then goes yeah, underneath I, the line. <laughs> no, it, it, I don't even want to want to start at the damn the way that fin- the finish was amazing. I mean, it, it was wild. It, it kind of yeah, it kind of sucks that it's overshadowed by you know the 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 way it's officiated and judged. But no, I mean I. Um, Hamlin was out in front early, led a few laps, and when everything would get kind of messy up at the front, he would drop back. And he, the whole second half of the race, he was a total non-factor, and uh, definitely. Did, he, I mean, they said it themselves; they did not expect to win that race. 
and it just fell into their laps. It just fell into their laps. And it's just incredible how it shows uh, to me that this may, it might just be Denny's year, dude. Cause that just, that just doesn't happen to people. That just does not happen to drivers where it just, you know, it's certain, very certain particular guys that it just falls into your lap and, and it happens to be Denny Hamlin. Um, Denny, so I, I just, I gotta say this. I gotta put this in there. Denny, it's it's almost like the man the man's got like some voodoo. He's got a mojo hand, and it's in the car, and he's able to predict things. And he's you know full Miss Cleo this season. He's like you say, you can't do that shit like the way that he did and structured it. It's the whole race it looked like there was no way in hell he was going to be able to get it. Um, but he, you can't lie though. He used he knew that he would be able to get away because he's a very smart guy. We all know that at this point. But he knew he was going to be able to get away with how he was pushed down to the bottom and he used it to his advantage at the same time. He had to know. Yeah. I mean, the way NASCAR had officiated throughout that race, which um, in the long run has been unbelievably inconsistent regarding the yellow line rule. Um, they officiated it right to the point that I said, based on how they had officiated it throughout the entire race. And even them rescinding the Chase Elliott decision, Look, I'm not a Ch- I like Chase Elliott, but I'm not like obsessed with Chase Elliott. Yeah, like, we're not stands. You know, like you know, since Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon left, I'm just not gonna have that guy that I'm just like you know obsessed with. Uh, and he's picked up a lot of the younger crowd and the bulk of the fan base. And people want to call him the Golden Boy. Oh, they rescind the rule because he's Bill's the Golden boy. boy of NASCAR. And I get that because of how late they made that call. It was like an hour after the race they decided to make that call. But they checked Twitter. That's what they- happened. Yeah, based on how they, they officiated the, the rest of the race, though, it was the right call. And the deal with Denny, I don't know. I mean, he was just so so far off the track, uh, avoiding a wreck, forced down by the 17, whatever. I mean, honestly, I'm glad it, it played out that way because if Matty D had won that race and then got penalized, would have been a thousand times worse. Yeah, I thought about so, it like that. So, yeah, it's almost like the Band-Aid was ripped off right at the right time for him because – I noticed, like, right when we were there at the end uh, and they were on the pits, like, I could just tell, like, this is about to cry. Like, I saw it in his face. I was like, he is doing everything he can to hold that emotion back. And you feel so bad for Matt because this has happened to him. This happened to him at Bristol with Denny. And now it happens again at a a race that – honestly, it's like these are his two best tracks, in my opinion. Like, every time I've ever been to a track and I've talked to Matt – Anytime I was interviewing him, talking about fantasy or anything like that, he would tell me, he was like, I'm, I'm really good here. This is, this is one of my favorite places. It's one of my best places to race. Same shit goes for Bristol. He loves it. He, you know, he's able to work his stuff. He's able to work his lines. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel so bad for him, especially with it being a contract season. You know, because now it's like he's, he had really bad luck. He got out of the playoffs quick. And – it's like, what now? Like, where, where do you go from here? Are they yeah, going to give him another know, shot? It, it doesn't appear that way, especially with how the, just the business model trends. You know, these, these owners and these sponsors, they want the young guys in. And it's rumored that Austin Cendric's going to take that ride next year, and then Benedetto is going to be back to square one. But, yeah, I mean, he even said it in his post-race interview. He, I think he said it in the Bristol one last year when he lost to Hamlin there. Uh, he's racing for his life. I mean, he's literally racing to fight another, you know, another day, but really another year, you know, to get an, a contract with a good team. And obviously he'd love to come back with the Wood Brothers. Uh, I think he's 
had a great year uh, based on how they performed with with uh, Paul Menard for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, Ryan Blaney did very well in that car too the prior year. So, um, and with Denny Hamlin, I just wanted to talk about this. It just kind of came to mind how we talk about how he just it just fell into his lap. He did this at the Daytona 500 too, the the race where Ryan Newman had yeah, that terrible didn't crash. Yeah, this fall in his lap. <laughs> he was in. He was. It did though, and it fell in his lap in the 500. He was. Dude, in he knows place. what he's doing. He knows what he's he doing. He was in third. He was in third place at the Daytona 500, coming to the trial and won that race. He was in sixth place on the white flag lap. He was in twelfth place with two laps to go. I mean, it's unbelievable how. And I say two laps ago, that was probably the, the second overtime, whatever. They had three overtimes because they couldn't stop crashing. But it did fall into his lap. I mean, his crew chief kept and him were talking about it. Like, we definitely did not expect to win this race. When you had uh, Elliott and Logano, Keselowski, Benedetto, you know, they, those guys were the class of the field. I mean, they were up front all day. Even, even guys like Ryan Priest, uh, Reddick, after he wrecked, uh, Ty Dillon, those guys were up front all day. And Denny Hamlin rides around in the back. And even the guys that rode around in the back with him, who were Harvick and Truex, they crash out and Hamlin still wins. I mean, it, it's – you got to be good to be lucky, but you also have to be lucky to be good. And yeah. the lucky to be good has defined some races for Denny Hamlin this year. There's no question about it. Yeah, no, he he. Look, this is the way I see Danny. Like I said, he, yeah, he definitely does have some luck, but he's got a lot of skill behind it too. And I feel like he he's a sneaky guy. He's just he's very sneaky. He knows his way around. He knows what he needs to do to win. And this year, I feel like it's just he has got his mentality at a point to where he is just like there's nothing going to hold me back at this point. He was like, I'm getting that championship. It's mine. I don't give a fuck what I have to do or how I have to do it or what I got to do to make things look a certain way. When he he he's at a point and all drivers know that literally, you know, you have to know, have a really good understanding of the rules to be a NASCAR driver. And, and there are a decent amount, but I don't think that they, it's like overboard the amount of rules there are. He knew that when he was going down there that like literally it's like that's the best way to be able to go in and then come up and then push up and then that's how you're going to get it he also knows he has a fast car he also knows hey if i just he started seeing the trend of the race if i just get my ass to the back and just chill you know clint boyer tries to do that every race and he still ends up fucking himself at talladega so it's just i i think that he is he's got a lot of smarts chris gabehart is just a damn good crew chief man and and it's just amazing that like him and rodney childers were the two guys that figured out what they need to do up there in the booths and then being able to relay that having two really good drivers two very sound mind drivers like that's what denny and, and kevin have been but dude with the super speedways man denny just owns and he knows what to do he knows how to play he, like i said he plays chess while everybody else plays checkers and i i feel like an idiot for for keeping him out of my dfs lineups and for for possibly not even putting money on him because at this point I feel like it's like no matter what we do, we have our hopes and we we have our stat sheets and we have all this information. We watch. We're fans. Me and you both, dude. We're, we're big NASCAR guys. So it's like even aside from the money and shit, we just enjoy watching the sport and we're emotional about the sport. So it's uh, it, it's it's something I feel like we should have just been like, you know what? Denny's on the pole. Who gives a shit? It's 2020. Throw him in there. <laughs> like, you know, like he's going to find a way. Like, and it, I feel like just more of the not overthinking is, is the, the thing that we need this, this season because we, we, we've seen it at every other track. 
when we get to places like this and it's just we end up biting our fucking feet off thinking Logano and Austin Dillon's, you know. Austin, I will say that we gotta talk about some of our picks, man. Austin Dillon, I was really excited to see that you uh you were you were thinking the same. Yeah, no, I um I mean in Austin Dillon, you can look at the stat sheet and see that he performs well at that the restrictor play tracks, but um he he's in a mo he's in a in a time where uh, or, or I guess a place where he's kind of a win or go home guy for the next two races and with his playoff position. And um, I, I, I think about, you talk about overthinking. I mean, I think about a lot of factors like um, first of all, like his average finish at Daytona Talladega in particular Talladega and how he does just in the restricted play racing um, where he is in the points and the playoff situation. And then think about manufacturer work. Uh, Toyotas only have four competitive drivers in the field. Chevys have about 20 that can be competitive. And we've seen in past races at Talladega where the Chevys have grouped up and been really hard to stop because they just have numbers. Um, So I was really, I felt good about team Chevy in that regard. And I was thinking Austin Dillon um, and obviously Chase Elliott, who is very strong all day. I knew he would be, and he really, I thought he should have won the race. I think NASCAR made a, a really bad call when they wrecked coming to the white flag on that first overtime. Um, they're just trying to mash the button for to rack them back up for entertainment purposes. And then NBC that, drops that the coverage. Right with me. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, that that's insane. But you know, I mean, they have contracts yeah. and obligations. So uh, I don't whatever the obligation was to the ads that were playing or whatever what the, the, the thirty minute promos or whatever the hell infomercials on the West know. Coast. Have, <laughs> yeah, infomercials. Yeah, I have NBCSN, so it wasn't an issue for me. But I do feel for the people yeah. that it was an issue for. Um, and then I took Logano, and Logano is always strong at Talladega Penske. and Daytona. Yeah, and I, I, you think about Ford. Ford typically will have the fastest cars at Talladega. They have been so – ever since Dale Jr. retired, basically, uh, they have dominated. Team Penske has absolutely dominated Talladega with Logano, Blaney, and Keselowski. And Logano has been kind of the missing one who hadn't won there in quite some time. So I really liked Logano, and he went out there and led the most laps and just late race situation took him out. Um, Almost felt oh, sick Almarola. knowing that he Almarola was – wrecked from the lead. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just a Talladega race, man. It is what it is. But we're back, we're back in full swing. We're, we're, yeah, we're back man. to the normal strategy. That's another thing, too, you got to mention is that, you know, when, when, when Drew and I are building DFS lineups, when, when the first Talladega race went down – you know, we, we had our strategies in place. We played a lot of stuff. We left a lot of salary on the table. Completely failed us. Pretty pretty decently clean race throughout until right there at the end. And then you start to worry, like, do I need to do this? Okay, I'm going to trust it again. You know, you trust it a little bit at, at Daytona when you get back to Daytona. And it was like this complete, like, it was a, it was like a hybrid of the strategy where you, you had to have, like, a, I call it a mixture, uh, not a mixture, a mixture. And uh, you literally have to do that. And I I put some lineups together like that for the 400. But this one was just completely right back to square one with the strategy, man. Even with the new package, they're going to, I guess, um, what is it? Life finds a way. That's what they said on Jurassic Park. Same thing applies here. Rex find a way at super speedways. That's a good point. No, and and this the aero package they've had has been, I mean, has produced this product the last this year at least. I mean, um, I think all four races now there were there were not very many cars left at the end battling for the win. 
Now, I, even with the Rex, I, I, th- that's what sucks about the how they officiated everything with the yellow line rule. What sucks about it is that the driving at the end of that race, forget all the wrecks that happened, even the wreck on the last lap that was further back in the field, but the drivers in like the top eight who battled that out, battled out for that race, terrific driving at the end. I mean, they almost wrecked three or four different times coming out on the backstretch into turn three, into turn four, into the trioval. Unbelievable driving. I mean, it was awesome to watch. And, and really, it was an amazing race. It was intense. It was fun. It had every single element you could imagine in a race. And um, it sucks. It's kind of overshadowed by NASCAR's judgment. People will agree with it. People disagree with it. Bottom line is they got to get out of a gray area. They have to get out of a gray area with this. When they when they have in their rule book, it'll be NASCAR's judgment. Uh, you may be black flag, which is literally word for word in their book, is you may be black flag for you know a violation with the yellow line. No, we need a will that be. Is what creates, we need a will be or a won't be. Right, right. That's what creates these problems. And it's been like this for for 18 years or not or 17 years whenever they implemented that yellow line to prevent wildness and we're at a point with how this aero package is it's so wild and crazy like the drivers get huge runs that people cannot anticipate and block quick enough uh the wildness and the mess is going to happen anyway so uh, i agree with dale jr what he said post-broadcast was you know we we need to eliminate this yellow line rule uh at some point either eliminate it altogether or enforce it and then eliminate it in the last five laps yeah and you see what steve miller came back with problems you saw what Steve Miller came back with, and we, we can't get rid of the yellow line. If we do that, it'll be 12 wide. Come in. It's like, okay, fucking no fun, motherfucker. It already like, is. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. They're talking about it's a mess. Dude, it already It's already wild as shit, mess. Steve. Yes. It's so wild. I, it, 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 I did see that, and it blew my mind that he said that. It blew my yeah. fucking mind because I'm sitting there like, this is some of the most wild restrictor plate racing we've ever seen. With this, and they're satisfied with the aero package that produces this kind of content. We so, don't want Rex. It's, it's like it's like yeah, but you know you're gonna get there. them. The yeah. mess is already there. It's gonna be. I it's gonna happen at these tracks. I think. I mean, you gotta. You need to let the drivers control the race. The wrecks are gonna happen regardless. Let I think it speaks waves because I think that it shows that the executives. The executives don't fucking, they probably don't even watch the sport. They just sit back. It's like, dude, it's like literally, it's like, were you watching this race today? Have you watched this race in the past three years, four years? It's disappointing because I think NASCAR has, has trended in the right direction with a lot of this, uh, excuse me, a lot of this, uh, a lot of similar, similar deals with their scheduling and uh, less complications of rules, even though they are still complicated, but I feel like they need to be for certain reasons. I feel like they've trended in the right direction in regards to their leadership is a better way to put it. So yeah. when you have these, this problem come up, it's, it's super disappointing uh, to see the ineffectiveness of their inconsistencies from week to week, year to year, Talladega to Talladega, Daytona to Daytona. It's got to change. Uh, bottom line, yeah. drivers need to be more responsible for their actions or uh, need to need to be more controlling, more in control of how they decide races and not put into a judge's hand. It reminds me of like a boxing match or an MMA match where 99.9% of the fans are, and everybody watching the fight can see that one guy wins. But all the time, the, if the fight goes a distance, they'll give the fight to the other guy. And there's not a single person that watched that fight that could agree. It's yeah. similar. People think it's rigged. 
it's not rigged, but it's just inconsistent judging. You would, be, you would be insane to think that NASCAR was rigged. That's probably one of the only sports that you can I, – I, I know that I could honestly say this is not rigged. You you can't you can't you can't do it. Like how do you how do you rig it? That's what I want to know. It would have to be like a no person event at all times. And then the like yeah. military grade CGI. <laughs> That's the only way. Yeah, I mean people think that Denny Hamlin winning that race is rigged and he was the favorite. He was the Vegas no, favorite on all cards. He played the like, line. <laughs> he he played, just he played the, he got Vegas, lucky. Man. That's yeah. just Vegas, dude. That is just Vegas coming in and saying, This is what happens when you bet. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's all I get out of that. I, I don't get any rigged, and now I don't. NASCAR would not rig a race for somebody, for, I mean, like, especially for like Denny Hamlin. Like it's not a fan favorite, and he wins because he's been winning all the time recently. And people tend to stop liking those guys that win all the time unless they're an Elliott or an Earnhardt. Let's just be real. If but, racing was rigged, um, there'd be more fights because it would be fake, and then they would have to yeah, do like that WWE for entertainment style. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And it's not they, fake. if it was rigged, if it was rigged for the golden boy, Chase Elliott, like a lot of these Twitter guys like to say, they would have waited when he was in the lead on that first overtime, when the caught, when they crashed in the trial, will come into the white flag. They would have let them cross the white, cross the line and take the white flag and then throw that caution in the race. Chase. Elliott. Absolutely. So you, you just can't make that argument on the rig thing. They, no. they, they're just inconsistent judging is all it is. Exactly. No, and and to also think that all forty plus guys are in cahoots is just is, is madness. I think that I don't I don't think any sports are rigged. I think that there are instances in time where some things have happened that probably don't often happen. But other than that, I I'm not I'm not a sports are rigged guy. I know a lot of people that are though. Heavy conspiracy theorists guys out there. Yeah, about to say a Vegas conspiracist. Yeah, no, I'm, much. I'm really not like that either. Except for basketball. Basketball's rigged, but we're not yeah, going to talk about that. Yeah, all the way, dude. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> um, but, no, I. Uh, it's the like, end of the day. Um, Den- Denny was just – it sucks because Denny's one of those guys right now in the points that he didn't really even need the win. He was He's good to go. Ship sailing. So, it just would have been incredible. There's people that are on Twitter right now already pretty much saying, Matt DiBenedetto won the race. Like, that's not going to make him feel any fucking better. Just stop. No, <laughs> it won't change the result. Yeah, I understand people about. try to be nice and shit, but it's like, no, you, you got to just let it go. Let it walk. He's got to go home. Let him breathe. Let him calm down. There, You know, but – yeah, Chase Elliott's looking to win uh, next week. I, I don't think that we're going to have any issues whatsoever seeing something like that. It's either going to be MTJ or Chase. And after the Daytona road course race, man, I, it would be impossible for me to say Chase Elliott is not going to take that. He's the road king at this point. The, the lead that he got at the Daytona road course this season was insanity. And but you also have to think, yeah, and Truex was really good in that race and may have won if he hadn't had that – he had a pit road penalty uh, – but, yeah, Chase has been the king of the road courses. But Denny Hamlin in that race almost caught him. Think about that, too. Denny almost caught him. And He's got that I mojo mean, hand, bro. I'm already going to say, I'm already gonna say <laughs> next week, next week I'm probably going to take – I'm probably taking Chase, Truex, and Denny Hamlin. I think Denny Hamlin maybe slept on a little bit next week because they think road course, oh, Denny Hamlin's not – dude, it doesn't matter. I've, I have I've gone against Hamlin too many times this year. Denny has proven that this year and where he's at in his career right now, he can win literally anywhere, literally anywhere. 
Because I think that Talladega, I don't think he's won a Dega in eight years or some shit like that. No, Um, but you have to give the credit to iRacing, dude, because this, if, if I don't think if the season would have went the way it went, Denny got really heavy into iRacing again, because I think that he would do it a little bit here and there. But I think that after the whole pro league invitational and stuff like that, I think that that really opened a new door for him because we have seen him be way better at some tracks that he just was not good at. So that leads me to believe that like he's at home and he's just like, okay, well, you know, obviously they all get simulator time, but now he's got iRacing. So it's like, I feel like this, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I will disagree with that just because I think it's more so his chemistry with Chris Gabehart. And we talked about how good Chris Gabehart has been as a crew chief for the last couple of years. Can't say it doesn't I mean, not help flat. him. You can't say it doesn't not yeah, help. Yeah, of course. But everybody's doing the iRacing thing at this point. I mean, I think at one point, every single driver was doing, you know, sim racing. Yeah. And Denny's been doing sim racing since, uh, since he the was. Beginning of time. Yeah. In our 2003. But I, I, I think, uh, I think the chemistry with Denny and his team right now, and they really also, I think, really, really benefited from the no qualifying, no practice. I mean, obviously, it became clear that him and Harvick and their teams just benefited, and they just jumped the gun on the no practice, no qualifying. And I think it made huge differences in how their seasons and everybody's seasons went uh, to this point on and for the rest of the year, I think, as well. So I – and I into next season now. Team chemistry. Yeah, and and the next year because they announced that unless it's a big race, there's not there's not gonna be any qualifying. Single day Which, deals. So twenty twenty has that. changed a lot for that. for NASCAR. And I think that uh I think it's good. I like it. Um I like I've always been a traditionalist. When I go to races, I like to spend a whole weekend there, you know, and, and do stuff. Now they, they've talked about upping fan zone experiences on that one day, but I mean, the spirit of the of the entire weekend at a race is is what makes it more fun than just you know going. This on, is going on, to bring more event. people to the other races, though, is what I'm saying. Like, I mean, literally, you you got three different races. This is going to be about the track experience more than about just the Cup Series, because you know, yeah, you can get your tickets to go watch qualifying and do all that stuff. Yeah, that's fine. But literally, this is this is opening new doors to make new fans of the the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series. Xfinity Series has been electric this season. I don't think they've had hardly any fans be able to attend Xfinity races. So being able to go in, and I may be wrong on that. I don't know 100%. But I think that this is going to open the doors for instead of on a Friday and a Saturday, instead of just the people that want to just, you know, fuck with cup shit, they're going to be like, okay, well, the only thing that's really going on with the track now is this Xfinity race. Let's go watch it. So, I mean, I, I, well, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's not a bad point. But uh, you got to remember, a lot of – there's many weeks out of the season where cup races a standalone race and Xfinity is off or they're somewhere else. Same with trucks. They're off or they're somewhere else. So there'll be a lot of one day, one day only events where it's just cup series on Sunday and nothing preceding that. And that's what I hate now. Yeah. When you have the Xfinity series and the truck series all on one weekend, it's great. Love that. Always have loved that. But um, there'll be several of those events that are just going to be cup series and, you know, nothing built around it except here's the race on Sunday and that's it. They'll but, find a way. You know, I think this we'll is a great – yeah, this is a great way for them to get creative. They're going to get their creative teams together and, you know, hell, maybe maybe maybe, maybe we'll find a way to get in their ears. That'd be cool. Full-blown Ragers yeah. Fridays and Saturdays. Only Jeff yeah, Gordon – uh, Only Jeff Gordon hip-hop jerseys allowed. Yeah, yeah we got to turn Talladega into everything. Just everything exactly. needs to be like Talladega. Forever. Right, Every music track. festivals, uh, wave pool, wave pools. 
and racing. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Strip clubs on strip clubs on campgrounds on yeah. at all tracks. Or, Only or, single or, wide trailers, holes, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Holes in the go. floor. I want like dirty brothels all the way. Ooh, all right. man. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right, Dale. No, I'm thanks. serious. I'm not laughing. Oh shit. Okay. All right. I'll know. I know. I know who to call. I got. A, I got a guy. I got a guy I can call. We'll set some things All up. Right. All right. Look. All right. Well, after we turn this off, let's talk. All right. We'll do that. Well, look. We're gonna go ahead and do that because I gotta call him now. Look. It's been good talking NASCAR. All the Garage fam. We love you guys. Um, crazy Sunday for football and for NASCAR. I was literally in limbo all day long, just in the middle of just just. I feel like I was in the twilight zone. So let's get back on the horse next week uh, for the Roval and for week five, the NFL. Let's bag tourneys, baby. Sports party. Repeat. It's the garage, guys. 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 It's the garage, guys.